Good morning, church. Good morning. Merry Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's not really Christmas yet, but um, if you're able to, I invite you to stand as we worship the Lord together.
church. Merry Christmas. I hope you are all having a joyous day today. Um, you can go ahead, go ahead and be seated. Yes. Um, I just have a few announcements this morning. Please don't forget to come back next week for our uh, candlelight service, or not candlelight service, our prayer and worship service for New Year's Eve. We're going to worship and praise and pray in the new year. I think our country needs that most of all this year. Um, so please come back. You're all welcome. Those of you that are new, please make sure you come see Pastor Ken and I today. We'd love to meet and greet with you um, and give you a hello. Um, I have one little announcement. My husband's going to kill me for this one, but I have the mic. So <laughs> there is somebody special this week that's having a big 5-0 birthday. Before you leave today, make sure you give him a fist bump and tell him happy 50th, and we love you, Pastor Ken. Um, anyways, we just want to thank you for coming and being a part of us today and celebrating Christ's birth today. Um, please make sure you enjoy the worship and the songs. We have a fun service planned with some songs. Make yourself welcome, and uh, can I have our ushers for our morning tithes and offerings? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day that you've blessed us with. God, I thank you for being here in our midst and the freedom that we have to be able to be part of your church and worshiping you and your birth. God, I pray that you be a, a light in the dark world and help us to see the ones that we need to speak to and the ones that we need to hug. Help us to be good stewards of the blessings that you've given us and spread your kingdom even further with this tithe and offering. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done and all that you will do. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
And you can be seated this morning. And I do want to share with you just a few brief moments about Christmas. For Christmas is all about celebrating God's presence in our lives. Since the inception of creation, it was God's intended plan to dwell amongst his people. For God created mankind in his own image. In his image, he created them male and he created them female. And God would walk with man in the garden in the cool of the day. And he would talk to man face to face like one speaks to his friend. For Adam knew God's voice and God knew Adam's voice. But temptation would soon set in. It would befall humankind, for Adam and Eve would partake of a forbidden fruit in Genesis 3.6. And in that one moment, in that one solitary act, it would forever change man's relationship with God. For just as sin entered into the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people, because all have sinned, Romans 5.12. For we know that people are destined to die once, and after that, to face judgment. This death is much more than a physical death. 
This death is much more than a judgment from God. This death that would enter into the world through sin and spread its way to every single person was a spiritual death. For the prophet Isaiah would write, it is your sins that have separated you from God. It is your sins that have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. For your hands are stained with blood and your fingers with guilt. Your lips have spoken falsely and your tongue mutters wicked things. This literal separation from God's presence was felt through all, all of the Old Testament. For God would no longer walk with man in the cool of the day. He would no longer talk to man face to face. He was now forced to reveal himself to man through symbolic gesture, through a burning bush, through a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Because of this separation, God could now only reveal himself through these gestures. Because of our sin, this was as close as God could get to humankind. So God instructed Moses to build an ark in which his presence could dwell. A temporal ark that would be a visible representation of the presence of God. But still man could not get clear, uh, get near to it. No man could reach out and touch it. For this visible representation of God's presence was still too holy. It was still too holy for sinful man to get close to. For if we were to reach out and touch it, we would surely die. Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark of God, and because the oxen stumbled, and the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act, and therefore God struck him down, and he died beside the ark of the covenant. In 2 Samuel 6. God's presence would be so elusive that it would find its way finally to the innermost chamber of the temple that we would call the Holy of Holies. And it was so elusive that no man could enter into this inner chamber except for the high priest. And he could only enter into that chamber once a year. So for 364 days, man could not enter into God's presence. But on that one day, on that one special day, on that day of atonement, what the Jewish people call Yom Kippur, on that one special day, the high priest could consecrate himself through a series of ritualistic sacrifices. And he could enter into the Holy of Holies. According to Exodus 28, 33, they would tie bells into the garments of the high priest to track his movement beyond the veil. Because it was a realistic possibility that if he was not totally clean, if he was not totally pure, that he would die, sinful man would die in the presence of a holy God. These extreme cautions when approaching God's presence would, according to tradition, cause other priests to tie a rope around the high priest so that if he did die, if he did expire in God's presence, they could pull him back beyond the veil. 
this separation from God's presence adversely rippled throughout all of mankind. And man would grow darker and darker because of a, a broken relationship. For once sin entered into the world, it did not take very long to see the total depravity of mankind. For our very first story in Genesis outside of the Garden of Eden involves Adam and Eve's son Cain as he picks up a rock and he kills his brother Abel. This depravity can be seen in Genesis chapter 6 when God destroys the world with flood. It can be seen in Abraham and Sarah's willingness to circumvent God's promise through the uh, maidservant Hagar. It can be seen in Esau's willingness to sell his birthright for a bowl of soup. This depravity can be seen in Jacob's trickery to deceive his father. King Saul's abandonment of God's commands in exchange for sorcery. It can be seen in David's adulterous affair and murderous cover-up. It can be seen in Israel's downright willingness to forget everything that God had commanded him, to forget all of the miracles, to forget all of the covenants, and to uh, set up idol worship, beginning with Aaron's golden calf at the foot of Mount Sinai, all the way to Solomon introducing Baal worship into the temple. This separation from God's presence led the Israelites into bondage. For God allowed the kingdom of Israel to be overthrown by its enemies. And the kingdom would be plundered down to nothing and subdivided out, eventually leading to a Babylonian captivity. Ultimately, this separation from God would lead to 400 years of silence. 400 years of silence that the prophets were quiet. For after the prophet Malachi and before the book of Matthew, 400 years of darkness. 400 years where people would cry out to God, but God would not answer because of an alienation from his presence. But God was not finished with his people. He was not finished. God had a beautiful plan that was unfolding from day one. From the moment Adam and Eve would sin in the Garden of Eden, God would lay out a redemptive, restorative plan for his presence and his people. He would speak to the devil in the, in the garden. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. And he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. That plan was further re revealed in Isaiah. For Isaiah would write, for, us, for unto us a child is born, for to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And we, he, we will call him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And so when the Old Testament closes, when the book of my Malachi closes, and scripture reopens to us in Matthew 400 years later, we know that things are going to be different. We know that things have changed. 
For John would write, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The Word became flesh, and He made His dwelling among us. And now, in the appropriateness of God's timing, the presence of God has shifted. The miracle of Christmas has now appeared to mankind. That God Himself now dwells amongst His people once again. For all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And now once again, God's presence dwells amongst his people, no longer inaccessible to man 364 days a year, no longer confined to the inner sanctum of the temple. For the veil in the temple would be torn down from the top to the bottom, signifying that God has broken the barrier of his presence. Once again affirming there are absolutely no barriers between man and God's presence. This is the miracle of Christmas. It would be so ingrained in first century theology that Paul himself would say, I am convinced that nothing Nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, nor even powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that was revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. This, my friends, is the miracle of Christmas, that God himself would break the curse of sin and death so that there would be no more barriers between him and his creation. God's presence is available to all of us. For Luke would would record this in Acts 17. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. And he does not live in temples built by human hands. God did this so that we would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. This, my friends, is the receiving of God's gift. Not that we can come to church in a building built by human hands, but that the presence of God dwells even closer. It can now dwell within us. We find his presence into our life today by knowing that we are sinners. For Paul would write in Romans, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And he says that the wages of that sin is death. It's an alienation from God's presence. 
but he writes that the gift of God is eternal life in him. For when we accept God's presence into our life, it changes everything. Sin no longer has foothold. Forgiveness washes us clean. And we begin a relationship with the God who broke every barrier. Paul would go on to say that everyone, everyone, all inclusive, who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. My friends, this is what Christmas is all about. I know it's about food, it's about family, it's about unwrapping Christmas gifts, it's about giving and receiving of presents, but Christmas is beyond all of that. Christmas is really about God's presence, dwelling with his people once more. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Because maybe you're in this place today, and maybe Christmas is another holiday on the calendar. Maybe you found yourself in, in this place today because of ritual or because of habit. Maybe you've never experienced God's presence in your life, but I want to give you opportunity to do that today. And it only takes a simple prayer. It only takes an invitation from you to say, God, would you come into my life? Would you forgive me of my sins? And would I begin this relationship that Pastor Ken has talked about? God, I don't want your presence to elude me. I don't want to be in the dark. God, I want to have you in my life. And now, Lord, today, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, in a moment of prayer where we can focus on you, Lord, we invite your presence into our life. We invite your presence into our heart. Lord, for those that are saying this for the first time, for those that have done this a thousand times, God, we say yes. God, come into our life. Lord, we understand that you came a little over 2,000 years ago to be with your people, to break the bonds of sin and death, to offer life and life everlasting. So God, today our faith is in you and our trust is in you. Would you come into our life, our life right now? Come into our hearts. God, change us from the inside out and let us experience the miracle of Christmas. Lord, today I pray all of these things in the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, then you've received the greatest gift of all, the gift of God's presence. Would you, would you once again stand with us, church? We're going to close out in uh, another moment of worship unto the Lord.
today. I know we're letting out a little bit early. That's because of the Christmas season. We know that you all have wonderful plans. Um, I'd like to invite you to uh, come back next week. We're having a prayer uh, and worship service. It's going to be powerful. We're expecting God to move at this transition and into a great year of 2024. Uh, we do have just a couple of things just by way of announcements. We have a special gift for uh, everyone in the house today, probably probably age 16 up, but we have t-shirts for you guys. You can guys get these in the foyer, but they are uh, 100% um, cotton. They have our logo, selfless plug for promotion here. Uh, but you guys can grab one of these on your way out. And I think the worship team has one more song. One more goodbye song for you as uh, you leave today. God bless you guys. Merry Christmas. Happy birthday, Pastor Ken.